Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And let me tell you, if I had a pound for every glass of wine I've shared with my guests this week, we'd be recording this from my third home in the Caribbean with the proceeds. We were thrown together as professional friends on Loose Women more than 10 years ago, and very quickly that professional friendship became the real deal. And well, now she can't get rid of me. She's stuck with me as a mate for life. She started a professional life on satellite TV channel Music Box, rising through the ranks in radio as a producer and a presenter before joining Loose Women in the early noughties where, despite a five-year sabbatical in 2013, she's pretty much been ever since. Married to Mark, who she met at a Loose Women rap party, they're now living their very best lives in the south of France and she flies back and forth to appear on the show and to record her own podcast, Give It A Whirl. It's called What's Your Problem with Nick Abbott. You'll know her to be outspoken, forthright, and no-nonsense. And I know her to be sensitive, thoughtful, and a fiercely loyal and loving friend. She'll hate me for saying that, and I'm so thrilled she's here today. Let's welcome Carol McGiffin. Hi, Kate. Uh, You're so flattering. Can you stop saying nice things about me? You know I can't take compliments. You can't take compliments, and you also hate sentiment. Yeah. Well, I don't hate it, but... I'm not good with it. You're not, are you? No, I'm not, no. I prefer, you know, the harsh approach. I think that that is changing with age, though. I think that actually... So the last two years on your birthday, I've put up posts, and I think they've actually meant something to you, and it's easier for you to read it without having to look at me while I say it to you. (laughs) (laughs) True? 
Yeah, that is true, actually. I do <laughs> love your posts. Um, and and I, I love the posts, all the, all the nice things that people say to me and about me um, when I when I when it means a lot because I like them and they're my genuine friends. Yeah. And also when you when you consider like how, what's been happening over the last couple of years and how kind of, you know, um, separate we've all been. When someone says something nice like that on my Instagram, because I don't put much on Instagram no, at you all. Don't. But when I do, I do look at all the comments. I do, and I try to like all the ones that I like, and I never delete even the ones I don't like. Um, but it does it does actually mean a lot, and I think it maybe more than it did before. You do respond better to it now. Whereas before, if I got all soppy with you, you'd go, oh, shut up. Whereas now, you genuinely <laughs> look a lovely little smile like that, see? Well, you know, sometimes I just think, oh, well, maybe people do really like me or something. Like you? I love you. Well, do you know what? I'm a this, mate. You know this business called Show that we work I in? I know, yeah. You know how easy it can be to just, you know, be... be have acquaintances that are not quite um, genuine, totally. as, as you think. As you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. and that happens a lot in in this. So I'm quite I'm, I'm quite suspicious of people that I meet, and I don't mm. know. I always think, well, I don't know if they like me or not, so I'll reserve judgment. But we've been friends for I don't know how long now, 2006, long time ago, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. you know, I trust you now. <laughs> it took a while though. <laughs> But it does, and I think as well, you know, the older you get, you've, you've retained the really good friendships and you also cut a few loose as well. Yeah, well, everyone does that, don't they? Yeah. You know, some people let you down, some people don't let you down, some people you just lose touch with. And some people you outgrow. Exactly. And, and that's and okay. It's all right. It's not and the end of the world. You can meet up with people again. I've got friends from, I don't know, 30, 30 years ago, more, um, that are still my friends. And they'll always be my friends, but I probably don't see them for two or three years yeah. or something. And that's all right too. And that's good. Yeah. I, I enjoy that actually. I really, I really like having all those friends. Especially now you've decamped to France. Yeah. I mean, you always talked about living abroad. I always thought you were going to end up in Thailand or Bangkok, or certainly Asia. And I know for all kinds of reasons, France ended up being your 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 place to settle with Mark. Mm. How is life in the south of France? Well, we haven't been there for a while because we've been in the UK. We've been on holiday to um, the Maldives, big treat, because uh, it was Mark's 40th. Okay, right, can, we just, can we just focus on that? Mark is only 40. That depresses the hell out of me. I've been waiting for him to turn 40 forever. I thought it happened at least five years ago. What do you mean only 40? I'm thinking of trading him in <laughs> for a younger model. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yet. I know. I'm glad that he's 40 because 40 just sounds, I don't know, a bit more, um, old, much older than, say, 38. Yeah. But when I met him, he was 26. So he was 26 and I was 48. But now he's 40. And it's, I don't know, it, do, it is kind of weird that he's 40. But I still feel like I'm 45, 50. Oh, easy. So we, we're kind of, you know... We're, we're, we're not that far apart mentally. If, if you know you and Mark, I mean, when you explain the, the age difference there, it probably does sound quite big to people. But, I mean, I, A, I don't see it with you two. And B, he's always been the more responsible grown-up of, of the two of you, even when he was 26. He has, babe, sorry. You can look at me I like that. I don't know about that. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> who gets who home at the end of the night? Well, Mark. obviously he does because I'm a lightweight. <laughs> and... You know, when you're younger, 
you can just you know you you got to you can you can take more booze and I'm I am a bit useless you know it you know it <laughs> I know it and everyone thinks I'm a you know I drink tons and tons of alcohol and I don't drink that much I don't need that much no but anyway yeah so that's why we were we had a long holiday so we haven't been in the south of France for 14. um since beginning of December now got a long time um, yeah quite a while uh, you're going back in a couple of days going back yeah day after tomorrow yeah, yeah. For um, well, hopefully for the summer. It's amazing, actually. You two, you think you met at a loose women rap party. Um, obviously, the giddy. I mean, listen. The, the first two years of any relationship are giddy and lovely and sexy. It's the sustaining that is the tricky bit. And you two have done that so well. Um, you really have, actually. Well, yeah. I had no idea. I, I mean, wasn't even. I had no idea. I, I didn't think for one second that we would have been together this long. And it's 14 years now. Oh, it's a long time. So yeah. it's 2008 when we got together. And when I met him, I just thought, yeah, there is an age gap. There's 22 years between us. But, you know, let's just let's just have some fun. Let's just get on yeah. with it. You know, what, what am I going to do? Kick him out the door because he's too young. Um, too hot. Because of, of what people say. Because <laughs> yeah. he's too hot. Yeah, right. Sorry, you're too young, you're too good looking, and we're having too much sex. <laughs> so this is over. I mean, <laughs> a bit like that. Well, but that, that's how you think, you know, yes, at the time. Because society dictates that this is not normal, this is not acceptable. And you were like, bollocks to that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, but we've proved them all wrong. And. I, I'm not going to lie. It does get it does get difficult actually, because as you as you age, you know, you know what it's like. Things change, and mm -hmm. and you know, you notice things, and you know, when you get up and you start creaking, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he gets up all agile like, and you're like, give us a hand. Yeah, <laughs> you're in the supermarket, and I'm like, what does that say on there? I can't read it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I notice all those things, and I I know he doesn't, and I know it's really not a problem for him. But it's I don't know. Every day I have to kind of think, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. But, you know, sometimes I think, oh, and you know, maybe I should just let him go. But I'm not going to let him go. Of course, I'm not going to let him go. And he doesn't want to go anywhere. More to the point, he doesn't. He really thinks you're the bee's knees. Exactly. Always has. And and I hope always will. I think you struggle with that more than him. Actually, I think you're the insecure one when it comes to the age, the age difference, and all of the different things it represents. Well, yes, only because, only because I can see, you know, well, you probably don't know this yet, but you get to an age, and then everything happens much more quickly. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know I am in my 60s and I don't feel like I'm in my 60s. Some people might think I don't look like I'm in my 60s. You don't. I think I do. But it it's kind of hard to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is hard because I'm not quite as agile or as fit as I used to be. And I used to walk and walk and walk and, you know, I could walk forever and I used to go to the gym and everything. I just don't think I could do that now. No? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I, I can still get, I'm still quite, I That's, can get about. <laughs> babe, I, listen, we went on tour last year and I have to say in the last two and a half years, it was amongst the most beautiful, giddy, life-affirming experiences I could have had in that period of time. We're coming out of this horrific lockdown and pandemics and and then 
a bunch of women went on the road and we did this tour called Lunch and Laughs where people could pay to come yeah. for a two-course meal and we'd put on a show over lunch. Yeah. And some, some of the girls got up and sang. Um, Rusty Lee came along with us and mixed cocktails. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. We did it as a, as a favour to a mate, really. Zoe Tyler phoned us in lockdown and went, I've got no money, no income. I need to put some work on the books. Would you girls do it with me? And we just went, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know what the show was until the night before. None of us did. The night before we opened. That was that was what we were laughing about. We like made it up, up and didn't just we? Went, well, what are we doing? Okay, let's do this. Oh, oh my God, you're right. It was giddy. It was it was life affirming. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was the best thing ever. Made better, I think, because of the situation everyone had been in. Yeah. You know, and there were so many women there that. And we literally sat out the night before and went, well, what what would we want from this day? Yeah. So we walked into banging music. We got them on their feet dancing. Zoe sang her socks off. We laughed. We danced. We sang. You sang and danced. Now, this is what I'm going... I'm going back to what you were just saying. You've got the energy of... of of a 20-year-old because we told it was hard work. <laughs> we were knackered. It was hard work. But, my God, I mean... The travel was hard And then work. there were these moments where you'd look out from the stage and this whole room would just be bouncing. But the thing, the thing that really did it for me, the thing that I loved to see more than anything was this kind of um, an intimidated crowd coming in to the show because of the pandemic and because of, you know, all this... All the, the fear and everything else that surrounded all of that stuff, and this is only in September last year. It was people were kind of nervous and a bit intimidated, still coming in. But by the time they left, it was like everybody had had a personality transplant. Like everyone had just suddenly got Euphoric. their lives back. Yeah. yeah, I just I just found it really kind of. Um, positive and mm. like oh yeah maybe people will get over all this yeah and and it was it really made me feel quite hopeful for yeah. the future uh that do you know what they were amongst the best of recent times weren't they yeah absolutely yeah the old I, days back in loose women they were great this was great this it was, was great. it felt like the yeah. the highs of of those those days on loose women when yeah. we all worked together the show was not to say that it you know i don't have a great time in loose women now i do but when i when i think about you know those times back then when it was all kind of yeah, and 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 things were just so much freer then you know mm. we could talk about things that we that you just can't talk about anymore and we could the way we talked to each other was completely different yeah. to what we can do now because i don't know you've just got this epidemic of offence everyone's just offended by everything and it's hard it's quite hard to work in telly now to do a live show where you're hired to pass opinion and comment i mean every day is a tightrope between yeah, flying is. and dying by by cancellation yeah exactly <laughs> every day you're potentially gonna go out there and get cancelled exactly right so it's, it's not to say I don't have fun on the show. We do have a lot of fun on the show, but it, it, all I'm saying is it was a little bit different back then. Well, listen, with that in mind, let's crash straight into question number one. I want you to think of two juxtaposed moments. One, when you wish you'd said more and spoken up, and at the other end of the spectrum, a scenario or a situation 
where you wish you'd just zipped it and said less? I don't know. I don't know if before recent times there's ever been a time when I've not spoken up as much as I'd wanted to or said what I really wanted or how I felt yeah. and what I wanted to say. But as we were, like we were just talking about, it's not so easy anymore. I, I, I will stand by everything that I say. And if someone says, you know, so-and-so should apologise, I'm like, no one is going to tell me to apologise um, because I can back up everything that I say. But if you had offended somebody, I, I, I'd like, I think that you would put your hand up straight away and apologise if you thought that you were in the wrong, no? Oh, if I, if I thought I was in the wrong, yeah. But I think very carefully about what I say mm -hmm. um, in public, especially. Yeah. Um, and... I don't, I don't know. I th the problem is there's, there's a thin line, isn't there, now, between people who are offended and people that you have offended. So a lot of people are just offended by anything, even if it's not directed at them. Do you know what I mean? Hope, give me an example. <laughs> well, uh, oh, God, everything. <laughs> I mean, absolutely everything. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about if I said something untoward about someone personally and it had offended them, then, yeah, of course I would apologise. Yeah. You know, and it would be like um, an example. Like when we used to do the show, we used to insult each other beyond belief. Like, it would be really rude to <laughs> each other. People would be offended by that yeah. now. And it doesn't matter that you're not offended, and it doesn't matter that I'm not offended. Someone else is offended on your behalf and you're forced to apologise to them, I think it's completely wrong. That's the definition of cancel culture. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't pander to those people. You can't pander to people who are perpetually offended. They're looking for offence. Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. Especially in the line of work that you do, you must be alive to that constantly, which does suck a lot of spontaneity out of yeah. uh, your conversation, which then kind of goes, well, then but that's why they booked you. They book you for your big opinions. Absolutely. And then you have to shrink them so that nobody's offended. So, so you're talking about, for example, if you and I were back and forth with each other mm. and you were deemed to have insulted me, but I found it very funny because I know that it's delivered with affection and friendship, yeah. but somebody still on the sidelines then then takes offence at what you've said to me, that's the bit that you can't get along with. That's, I can't. I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that. I'm sorry that you are offended by everything. It's not my problem. I didn't offend you. You're offended by something that I said. But going back, in real life, in real situations, like going back to Loose Women, I think probably I wish I hadn't have told Kay Adams that I hadn't had sex for seven years. When did you do that? that was oh, before Mark. Yeah, way before Mark. Way before yeah, Mark. Yeah. That haunted you, didn't it? Well, it didn't so much haunt me. It's just like, oh, God, it's like... Sometimes... So you said it on air. You said on air that you went for seven years without sex. Well, I didn't say it. I told the loose women. I told them about it. Oh, and then Kay said and it on Kay air. And then Kay said it on air. No! Yep. <laughs> which, okay. Which, in a way, was kind of... Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like a viral moment, but it became a thing. Oh, it became a thing. Everybody, yeah. Because when you started dating Mark, literally people were thinking about street parties because she was open again for business. It's exactly. Like, it was such a big deal that maybe we should have a party because Carol's Absolutely. had sex. And then once she started having the sex, we all. Uh, I mean, I wasn't on the show then, 
it was deemed that, you know, we everybody could pile in and ask you about it. Well, exactly. Because obviously you were like some sort of sexual experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Proper fair game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, in a way it was beneficial. It was beneficial, I think, because it was, you know, attracting a lot of attention um, and in, in the media as well. And they would like set things up and try and... In a way, it was trying to get my mojo back because this was it, it. It kind of tapered off well, after my mum died in two thousand and three. So by the time two thousand seven, two thousand eight, uh, you know, kind of kind of disappeared. And then by the time I kind of talked about it, it was seven years down the line. Um, and and then and then you met Mark. And then I met Mark. Actually, yeah. And I it's like he flicked the switch. Well, I mean, you know, how could he not? I mean, obviously you were grieving, right? You were in a deep grief. Yeah. And it does, it closes parts of your emotional toolkit down. It shuts you down, yeah. It does. And But what I loved about you before I joined the show was listening to you talk about being all right with being single because I think that's a conversation that far too few women have publicly, which is, it's yeah. actually all right. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be with somebody to be someone. I, you can no. be someone on your own and be perfectly happy. Um, yeah, I always, and I stand by that, actually. Mm, I do. I'm I, actually I glad. I, I think if you can't be on your own, you you, you can't be, it, it's more, it, it's easier to be with someone if you've been on your own for a long time. Yeah, you because like yourself, if you, you like yourself enough to be on your own with yourself for such a long time, um, I was ready for Mark. And... You know, I wasn't. I'm not. I'm not an ambitiously single person. I never ever said I want to be single forever. What I said was I'd be happy if I was single yeah. forever. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. You know, desperately on every dating app, going looking for somebody oh. to, to you know, hold your hand. I can't think of anything worse than a dating app. Going dating, all of that. It just, oh no, it does my head in. So when I just met Mark, and you know, that was it. I mean, it was just so. It was just right. I know, and so I wasn't going to shoo him off like, no, I want to go back to being single. That's that's not yeah. happened. And it still hasn't happened. But this is it. You've become, I think, when you work in the public eye, and again, you know, you are hired for your big opinions. Mm. The moment you put them out there, you are then expected to stay wedded to them. And that's not life either, right? No, that's right. People want to hold you accountable for your opinions yeah. or rather just your your lifestyle or your way of life and... You know, but it's a bit like you know, if you start dating Mark, it's like, but you said you were fine on your own. It's like, but I was, and now I'm with Mark. I really was, and they accuse you of lying. Yeah, so you didn't like being single after all. What? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't win. Okay? You can't win. Mark kind of fell in love with me, I suppose, because of because of who I am. He was very aware of who I was before we got together. Because, you know, he worked in the office. He worked upstairs. He was in accounts, wasn't he? It was, well, he was doing the um, the production accounts work for Jeremy Kyle's show. But he just happened to be in the same office, in the Loose Women office. So he knew everyone up there. They always had the show on. They are always watching it. All the production team were in the same office. So he was well aware of who I was. And he was well aware that I was the same off-screen as I am off on-screen. So he, he was under no illusion when he got with me and why would why would even he want me to change? He would never want me to change. No. Never. And he's never changed actually. No, he hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't changed. He's still really he's he's a bit shy, but when he when he gets to know people, he's fine. He, he hates being the centre of attention. 
hates all of those things. He would never in a million years want to do anything. You know, like there's a TV couples all yeah. over the place. That's not Mark. No, definitely not Mark. He would never do it. He won't even do Mr. and Mrs. with me. I keep no. saying to him, why we've been asked to do Mr. and Mrs. Why can't we do that? And it's like, well, because it's on TV and he just won't do it. Not his bag. No, he won't do it. No, no. He's, <laughs> he'd have to be really, really drunk to go on TV. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not let that happen. I've seen that one. <laughs> no, that ain't going to happen. No. Anyway. Well, look, are you ready for your next question? Go on. Okay. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. friend I've noticed that quite often you deal with really big moments be they extremely difficult extremely brilliant happy sad whatever um really privately mm. so for example you got married privately yeah. and told us all afterwards you went through cancer treatment privately mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you know that we would have absolutely kept your kept your secret and and held your hand but you decide when the time is right for you to share the big news mm. uh, that's going on with you, which I think people would be quite surprised at because they think of you as being not that. That's not your public persona. Um, so I, I wanted to know why it's important for you to retreat into some of life's big moments and when else that served you really well. You used to be able to just do it naturally. You didn't have to broadcast everything on social media. You didn't, I mean, you still don't have to. But there is an expectation, I think, that if you have a following and you put anything out on social media, then the public tend to think that they own you. And if you don't tell them about something or um, you maybe tell a minor untruth, they feel really kind of betrayed and let down and deceived. And so sometimes I just think it's better to just keep things quiet. And private, it's like, I think a lot of people have forgotten what actual privacy is. But you even keep some of those things like, I mean, obviously with, with your cancer diagnosis, some of us 
were aware of what was going on with you, but there were plenty of your friends that weren't. Mm. Because I think a lot of that was about how much could you cope with, you know, because people mean well, but they are constantly going, do you need anything? Can I help? Are you all right? What's happening? Mm. And that in itself can be quite, whilst well-intended, exhausting. It is hard. Um, and I kind of knew that would happen because people really mean well. And I love, I love all my friends. And I did not tell them because I wanted to keep it a secret. I, I, I did it for the, that exact reason. The cancer. Bandwidth. To keep yeah. your own bandwidth. The cancer thing is, a, is, a, is a, a perfect example of that because you get overwhelmed with love and you know I'm not very good with all of with all of that and that attention and and I and I don't I know it sounds awful but I don't need any, I don't need people saying to me how are you do you need anything how are you well I've got cancer how do you think I am do you know what I mean I wouldn't be able to stop myself from being rude every time somebody asked um, <laughs> no. don't worry none of us expected cancer to make you softer <laughs> and nicer although in, in inevitably I think it did well, yeah, it kind of wakes you up to a lot of things. And, you know, you do, I think, up to a point in your life, you think you are immortal. Yeah, And then when something like that happens, you think... Although when I when I had it and I was diagnosed, I, don't, I never, never once thought it would kill me at that time. I never, ever mm. thought like that. Which is remarkable because you'd lost your mum and your, your your sister to my cancer. Sister, yeah, I had cancer before my sister and I, I got through it and my sister didn't. She died in 2017. Um, so, it, that it, yeah, that was, that, I mean, that was that was terrible. For example, losing your mum. I think mm. if you get cancer and you know that it, it took a parent from you, yeah. you've every right to fear it. And yet you actually didn't, which was quite weird. You always treated it like you would treat the cancer. That would be my take on it anyway. It, it was exactly that. I, I, I'm not one for self-pity for a start. Mm -hmm. So I never really said, why me, poor me, you know, this is not fair. I just thought, um, I've got it. I've been diagnosed with it. Loads of women get diagnosed with it. Loads of women have it. A lot of women don't survive it. A lot of women find it easy. They have, there's different types of cancer where you can, breast cancer where you can, it's just a lump and it's enclosed and it's not, it, it doesn't spread because it's, it's in itself and you just get that removed, maybe have a bit of radiotherapy. But my cancer was um, a particularly fast-spreading, dangerous, aggressive one. So it, it was lucky that we caught it in time. And I know, and I knew at the time, that uh, the treatment that I was having was dreadfully unpleasant. It was, it was absolutely hideous. I can't, and no, that kind of chemotherapy, because there's lots of different levels as well. The one I had was properly toxic. And it was full on, wasn't it? Oh, it was awful. It was terrible. But it needed to be but because of the ferocity of your, your, your type of cancer. Exactly. You kind of, you, you realise what your levels are. I, I could tolerate that and I could put up with it because I knew what it was doing. It's hard to believe that something so toxic and that makes you feel so ill when you didn't feel ill in the first from place the, cancer, the, the treatment makes you feel so sick it's hard to believe that that is actually making you better but uh, it does apparently so you know you, i just thought well i'll just get through this and i just not long left loose women so i wasn't working i didn't really have any work i had some writing jobs which i could just do at home never talked about it in my columns Never, never said anything. And you're right, I didn't say a lot to, to many of my friends 
who and and some friends were really kind of annoyed and a bit upset when I did come out and and talk were about they? it. That's interesting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because I didn't tell them. It's like, well, why would not you, you tell me? <laughs> yeah, well, because it's not. You know, this is my this is my mm. shit, if you like, and I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it however I want. And I kind of locked myself away. I didn't go out. I knew I was really susceptible to infections and things like that, so I didn't risk anything. I didn't really wear a wig you kind or anything. Of went, no, you went down to your brother's place as well. But, uh, I went to live in Kent. Yeah, yeah by the coast. House, yeah. Which is which was really good for you, I think, yeah, just to get was. yourself into it into a different place and also so that you could return home and home not be the place where you recovered from cancer. Yeah, exactly right. And I had to come back into London anyway to have the chemotherapy. Mm. So we used to come back into London every other week um, for a few days and then Mark would travel up, from, travel up to London from Kent to go to work. Uh, so he was commuting at the time. But it was nice to get out of London because London is not... It just feels like sometimes it can feel like a really unhealthy place. And being stuck in a flat wouldn't have been no. as good as seeing, like, you know, fields and, and animals and things like and that. Fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. And was calm. Fresh. Get away from the chaos of town. Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, exactly. and you slowly let people know. As and when, quite rightly, you were ready. Yeah. And anyone that took offence, well, that speaks of them, not you. What can you do? Everyone has to deal with things in their own way. Mm. And you don't, you shouldn't have to feel like, you know, a lot, I got a lot of um, flack on on social media as well from people like, you keep it secret, you're not helping anybody else. Well, yeah, okay, I get that. You can raise awareness, but I don't... You have to I be just, in a place where you know what you want to say. I don't want to do that. It's, no. not, it's, not really, it's not really my job. I've raised a lot of awareness for, of it since. I'm now um, ambassador for the charity that we did the tour with yeah. because secondary breast cancer is is kind of, you know, a likely thing with the cancer that I had. So who knows? Who knows? You've just got to do what you have to do and carry on living your life as normally as possible. Yeah. I don't I didn't want to be taken over by cancer at the time. You know, me and Mark just dealt with it. We just stayed in and ate biscuits and watched box sets and practical. You it, were practical. Yeah, exactly. Because the emotional was just too big. Yeah. Just yeah. deal with it. I don't know. I know a lot of people still have to go to work and they have to, you know, do something with their hair and everything. Um, and I, I, if I would, if I'd had to have done that, of course I would have done it, but I wouldn't have been happy um, being around a lot of people when I was very sort of susceptible to infection because of the chemotherapy. Yeah. So um, I was lucky that I didn't have to do that at the time. Didn't you wear a wig the last day we went to see, the, the last time we, we, we saw Bella's? Linda yeah. Bellingham. Yeah, because I wasn't going to tell her either. So, so we, so Linda Bellingham had cancer. Yeah, and ultimately it took her life. So she'd invited us to her flat. Yeah, to effectively say our goodbyes. We were going for what she called kind of champagne brunch. Yeah, and we knew, I knew that you had cancer, mm. but she didn't know, and you didn't want that to distract from the day. I mean, I didn't want to tell her because I thought she's got enough to worry about. And That's it. And, and when we got there, I don't know if you remember, um, she was having such a good time. This was towards the end. So the last thing I wanted to talk to her about was, was cancer, mm. basically, because she was having a drink and, you know, being a bit riotous. She like smoked. She she was After smoking. years of being the flipping preacher about smoking, well, she was she's hanging out the there. window smoking. <laughs> oh, I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> 
And I absolutely <laughs> loved her for that. But in the end, on that day, I don't know, I probably got pissed and 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 I, I did tell her. Do you know what she said? I said, look, you know, this hair, it's not mine. She went, I thought it looked a bit weird. What's going on with you? And I went, oh, I've only got it as well. She went, oh, not you at all. <laughs> and that was it. With cancer, it can get quite overwhelming and, and just take over your... Mm everything your life and your thoughts and, and 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 it does and sometimes you can't help that but you have to get away from it sometimes and and have a bit of fun and enjoy yourself and she bloody enjoyed herself that day and oh, i think when i told her and she just thought i think it sort of took a bit of pressure off of her if you like see all of this takes me really nicely into my third and final question We're talking about how how Linda Bellingham became an, a surprisingly close friend to both of us. Mm. And I think Loose Women is brilliant um, for exactly that. I think, you know, I wrote about this on its 20th anniversary and explained that actually what it forced me to do was travel outside of my tribe to make friends. I became friends on that show with women from different backgrounds, different cultures, different age groups. And actually there's real value in that. It's mm -hmm. It's really, really valuable to be able to pull on all those levers of other people's experiences. Um, I wondered if, if A, you shared that sentiment, and B, who have been your most unlikely friends to come from being part of that sort of Petri dish of having to get along with people that wouldn't normally cross your path? Well, Kay Adams is an unlikely friend. Because you're quite similar? No, because we're polar opposites. Really? We are complete and utter opposites on ev almost everything. And it's, it's strange that I see her as a friend. Well, <laughs> we are friends. We just are. It's not that, what, that I see her as a friend. We are friends. Um, but I don't know. I mean, some of the biggest, biggest, biggest arguments I've ever had on the show and off the show are with, with Kate. Kate. Okay. Oh, I bet you two are really well matched as well. I'd like to listen to one of those. You know, but we have we have different opinions. That's it. We just see the world differently. But and that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't not be friends. Yeah, we, well, we are. We really are. She's been to my house in the south of France. She's mm. been there. Of course, she's lucky because not everyone gets that invite. I didn't invite her. <laughs> <laughs> she just turned up. Google mapped it. <laughs> no, I Google did. Her. I did invite her. Um, <laughs> well, I really, I don't, there's not ever been a loose woman that I could actually say I don't get on with. Really? I don't like. But some of them do end up being like, you know, proper friends. Mm. I mean, Zoe Tyler is a great friend. You're a great friend. Lisa Maxwell is one of my great friends. These are friends, 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 friends. And not just because of the TV show that we did. Um, no, it transcends that. Exactly. Yeah. But a lot of the time, you don't, you don't, you don't become friends with people because of geography more than anything, mm. because you're just not in the same place, mm. you know. And when you think about it, the girls who came from, who come from up north, are more likely to be friends because 
geographically they're closer they, they live closer yeah. to each other it's a logistics thing it, it is logistics yeah so but um, like i think about Linda bellingham i couldn't i would never have thought i'd be friends with her because she was when we first met her she was very sort of you know vivacious and lively and and an outrageous beyond belief. She really was. And then she stopped drinking and she just became like the booze police. <laughs> and I always used to say to her, look, you've had your fun, now shut up. Let other people get on with it. Don't tell people off what you can't do because <laughs> you, you don't want to do it. What about Gloria Hannaford? Well, look, I love Gloria. You and Gloria go for lunch in the south of France, right? Yeah. And again, that's it's not an extremely unlikely friendship, but nevertheless, it's it is still one that probably wouldn't have happened had you not been, like I say, in that sort of loose women petri dish that forces forces your arm to converse with others. Well, also she does live quite close by in, in France. In France, yeah. Um, and you know, I just, I just. I, I really love Gloria. She's quite outspoken, as you know. And um, she doesn't pull any punches. She doesn't suffer fools. She is, she's her own mind. She's her own woman. I love her husband, Stephen. He's just absolutely... They're, they're just so much fun. And it's almost like, you know... I don't know. I, it does look unlikely that, we're, that we are friends. And we're not hanging out with each other all the time, but... No. You know, when we're when she's down there, she doesn't live down. She doesn't go down there very often. Um, we're not we at the moment. Um, but when I, when she is there, and we do have time to catch up, it's it's just great. We just have the best time, and it's brilliant. And I love hanging out with I love hanging out with all of them. Really, I love mm. I just love it. And with Gloria, I mean, I first sat down and interviewed Gloria for Radio Two to make the story of her life. I mean, we underestimate the contribution Gloria's made, because trust no, me, the only reason there's a women's toilets at Radio 2 is because Gloria joined. Because oh, before, she was the first woman there. Like, you know, she was a Tupperware lady at one point with three kids at home who then started to get into telly. She was the housewife turned TV professional. Exactly. So, yeah, she, I mean, she's just, a, she's an icon. Mm. You know, uh, for uh, someone so small, she's a, Bloody powerhouse. She really is, really? isn't she? And I, you know, and for women in broadcasting, she changed a lot for us. She mm. made, she smoothed that road and that path. She made it much easier for us to travel. Yeah, she's, she's, she's been there and done that and she's still doing it. Yeah. Who's, um, of, of all the women that, I mean, God, across the years on these women, they've, there's been a lot of women that have come and gone from the panel. Mm. Who are the ones that, um, that you've remained close to? that have really become meaningful as friends? Um, well, you and Zoe, for a start. Even though geographically Zoe is living in Florida yeah. now. Um, <clears throat> and Jackie Brambles as well. Yeah. Uh, who lives in, I don't Scot know, Scotland. Yeah, Hebrides somewhere. <laughs> She's been to my house. <laughs> <laughs> this is the acid test. Are you beginning to feel left out, Kate? Yeah. <laughs> it's only because the <laughs> pandemic I've been, I'm coming, don't you worry. <laughs> But the deal was that I wouldn't bring my child until he was almost adult because you don't like kids. No, I just, I can't have kids there. I don't want kids there. I just don't. I know. <laughs> and you say, I can't have kids there like it's a hazard. No, you just don't want kids there. And that's all right. Well, you actually quite no, like Ben, though. And Ben quite likes you. I know. I love Ben. And, but he's, he's not a kid really anymore, is no, he? Not he's really. getting really like grown up and big. Yeah. And, you know, he's an adult. He's a little adult. He can look after himself. Yeah, so he can come, yeah. I just don't, 
I know, look, and I know it sounds rude, and I know people do get offended by it, but I just don't want little screamy kids everywhere. <laughs> not in my house. I don't care if they're related to me or not. I just don't want them there. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's Each to their own. It's not compulsory that you have to like small human beings. It's not. Well, I don't say I don't like them as human beings, but they're kids and they're hard work. <laughs> and they break things and they run around and make a mess. And I can't deal with it. <laughs> So you've got one more day left in London and then you get to go back to the place that you now call home. Yeah. The south of France. Yeah. What is the plan? Do you have plans anymore? Did I mean, I, I sense that after cancer, you stopped planning. You just did what felt right. There was no sort of strategy for life. Well, I think it was the cancer thing that actually made us do the move. Mm. Um, and I'd, you're right. We started off that conversation much earlier on here, but I... I always wanted to live in France, always, always, mm. since, I don't know, since my 20s. But I thought it was Thailand that you wanted to go to. No, I, I don't want to live in Thailand because I don't want to be hot all the time. At least where we live, <laughs> there's a climate. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's the a seasons. Bit of, there's a bit of respite from yeah. that heat and humidity. And in the summer, it's really hot and it's really humid. But in the winter, it's bloody freezing. Mm. So, and, I, and I, quite, I quite like that. I quite like big jumpers and coats and stuff. Um... Never mind that the house doesn't have central heat. And okay, and this is a bit ridiculous. of a... I've just got to say before I let you go. Right, I've, In all the years I've known you, you've never been warm, ever. Mm -hmm. She shivers in the hottest of studios and wraps blankets around herself like she's just run a marathon. If you give Carol a foil blanket, she would live in it. And then she goes and buys a house in the south of France that you've been in how many years now? Since 2016. And you still haven't put a single radiator in. What's wrong with you, woman? We have a fire. So we do have the fire going, like a wood wood fire, like a wood burner, not a wood burner, but a, a, a Norwegian fire. So it does keep, keeps the house kind of warm. But I f I, do you know what? I feel so much healthier down there because central heating isn't good for you. When everyone has like insulated windows and insulated roofs and there's no nowhere for air to go anywhere and then you've got heating on all the time and you're constantly hot, I just don't think it's very good. And says the woman that complains constantly about being cold. No, but the thing is, if I if I'm ex if I expect to be cold, I'm happy being cold. Well, I'm I'm not cold, you know, because the thing is, I'll put on more clothes. It's like I went to the ice hotel in Sweden once, and I knew it was going to be cold, so I prepared for it. <laughs> so when I'm in the south of France, I do wear thermal underwear and I do wear do thermal you? jeans and I do wear thermal everything. Only in the winter, obviously, yeah. but. Yes, if you're sitting around and, you know, a computer or whatever, you do need you need that protection. But I'm prepared for it. And also, I kind of get more used to it. But when I'm in London or, or up north with, with Mark's mum and there's heating on all the time, I'm more susceptible to cold then. I'm more susceptible to cold right now because I've been in places that are overheated, if you like. Okay. So... I know, it doesn't make sense, but that's just the way Maybe it is. Maybe you need to start doing cold water swimming and stuff. Wim Hof. Oh, God, I wish I could do that. I've got a friend who gets in an ice bath every day. Yeah, apparently it's amazing. Well, how do you do it, though? I know it would make me feel great. I'd actually pay money to see you cold water swim. <laughs> I'd laugh my ass off and send it to all the girls. Well, maybe I'll give it a go one day when I've lost my mind. Oh, but, but thank you for coming in today. And thank you for... I know you've been on the show once before with Lisa Maxwell, but 
I thought it was time to get you back just to hear what you've got to say. Because you're never short of things to say. No. And it's been lovely. And we had the best time on tour last year. And if we are back out on the road, I'll put it up on my socials. Come and see us, because it is a treat it's, of a show, isn't it? It really is. We didn't get a bad review. Didn't, did it? Not one. Not one. But it, it was it, it was the timing was perfect. Yeah. More than anything. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of White One Question Time. As always, it's produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Ben Robbins for Yahoo UK and the Yahoo Studios team. Our editor is Eleanor Humphreys and our beats come courtesy of Andy Bell. We'll be back next Friday with more great chat. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.